Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchorlight Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchorlight team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well-being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning and welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and I'm also the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I am here with my lovely co-host, Michelle Mooney. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura. And, and I think you deserve some lovely <laughs> oh, well, compliments. Thank you so well. much. Uh, Michelle is a licensed trauma and couples therapist also at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And she's also our, one of our clinical directors. So we are here every Tuesday morning on KKNW, 11.50 AM Talk Radio. Or you can also stream this show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. So we are back now for our second episode of this season. We're back. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to complete today the rest of the red flags and, uh, you know, the beginning stages of a relationship that can feel romantic at first. Yes. So, and we also want to cover, you know, how to recognize these and then what to do if you end up in a relationship with, you know, some of these. Yes. So if you missed our last week's episode, we have already started this conversation about relationship red flags that appear romantic, but might signal disaster. Mm-hmm. So let's keep going, Michelle. What is next on the list? Dishonesty and deception. So um, deception at first is kind of designed to impress you. Mm -hmm. And that's why uh, it can feel romantic, right? Again, I'm selling you a version of myself that isn't actually who I am, or I'm not telling you the full story in some sort of way, right? So I have two other relationships on the side, for example, right? I'm not communicating that, um, you know then obviously you don't know and you're attaching to me thinking one thing, right? And another thing is true. So obviously this erodes trust in the relationship. Um, It can be small things like making plans and not following through, right? Oh, I'm going to do this great thing for you next weekend. And then it doesn't happen for Mm -hmm. some sort of reason or bigger things like, you know, might be bankrupt. Good thing to know, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, anything else that, um, you know, in their past, it might seem harmless initially, but we should eventually tell our partner um, lying about our values. Um, so what's actually important to us, what we value um, versus, um, you know, what we might actually be telling the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, for example, if I value uh, vanity, right, mm-hmm. be a, and that's not always a desirable value in some people, right? I want somebody to have values like strong sense of family or, you know, drive to improve their careers or maybe your value, obviously, other things like maybe honesty, trust, um, things like that. So if our values are misaligned, but yeah. we tell each, you know, our partner that, no, I completely, that's yeah. my value too, right? That's uh, some deception that's designed to unprocess at first. Yeah. And sometimes people want to overlook something like that, because like we talked about before in the last episode, the reason we overlook red flags is because sometimes they they feel so good. They seem so romantic. And you might be able to tell yourself a romantic story about, well, they were trying to impress me because mm-hmm. they like me so much. And while that might be true, that is also a red flag because yep. if you're starting out with dishonesty in the beginning, it's, you're not getting down, you're not able to evaluate mm-hmm. who you're having, your who you are in this relationship or who you're connecting with in the relationship. So 
A really good example of that, that um, I saw a long time ago uh, with somebody that I was working with, they were in this relationship, they attached to this person, right, they thought they were on the same path in life. And then later on, they found out. Uh, so in the beginning of the relationship, they talked about values and things like political beliefs, right? We want to be on the same page, um, generally. Mm -hmm. um, and this person lied about who they voted for. Oh, wow. So then this other person signed up, right? Oh, we're on the same page. And later on found out it's in this whole time, right? Discovering that you were with somebody that actually wasn't who they said, right? Yeah. So things like that, um, you know, you're you're limiting uh, your partner's ability to actually find somebody that they do align with um, in some sort of way by creating this facade versus, you know, actually showing who you are. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So what is romantic? Well, what is really romantic is just being honest at the start and finding out if you're, That's right. if you're, if you've connected with a good match or right. maybe they're, if you aren't aligned and that makes you more attractive. Mm -hmm. I think people love confidence and authenticity mm -hmm. that's super attractive that yep. and that you know who you're dealing with yep okay so next on the red flags list is emotional manipulation or abuse and you would say well how does abuse feel romantic mm -hmm. that sounds crazy well if you grew up it this way it might feel familiar to you mm -hmm. um if you have a sense that somebody getting very uh like emotionally escalated means that they're passionate right. about you that, yep. that violence could even equal passion uh -huh. and that's romantic uh -huh. um but in fact it's not romantic it is abuse um and so why do you think abuse is toxic michelle seems mm -hmm. like a very obvious question mm -hmm. but right right uh, kind of back to that whole controlling, right? right? Dictating your behavior, uh, punishing you in some sort of way if you don't fall in line with what uh, my expectations might be. Um, you know, like you said, uh, folks who can tend to fall into these relationships, it's because it's what they know, mm -hmm. right? And they saw these patterns growing up. Well, dad did this to mom. This must be what people do, right? And now this new person, right, is is kind of showing me similar behavior. Obviously, right, not a healthy attachment in any sort of way. Um, you know, it can make us feel guilty and ashamed a lot of times. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, gaslighting in a way can be emotional abuse. So uh, questioning your reality, no, that didn't mm -hmm. actually happen. Uh, things like that um, make you feeling like everything's your fault. Mm -hmm. um, so if the refrigerator breaks, Laura, oh my gosh, why didn't you, you know, not make it that temperature or put too much food, whatever it is versus, Hey, the refrigerator just broke, right? It's not your fault that these things are happening. You've been talking to Travis. We've oh my God. You know, there might be some emotional manipulation. Yeah. Well, I'll, he can come in here yeah. for a session after this. Um, but also things like uh, when we weaponize our uh, partner's uh, emotions. So um, a lot. Of, uh, one thing I'll tell couples when I first start meeting with them is, you know, anything that comes up in here, right? Mm -hmm. It might be intense, and so you might learn new things about each other. We can't use those as weapons against each other. If I find out where you have some uh, hot spots, mm -hmm. right, triggers, I don't want to push on those, right, to control you or to harm you. So we need to make sure we're not weaponizing these things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what is romantic then? If, um, you know, emotional abuse and escalating is not really passion, what what is really romantic? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, things like care, protection, mm-hmm. right? I respect what you're sharing with me, right? Not that mm-hmm. I'm going to use it against you in the future. Um, I protect you from bad things happening mm-hmm. to you um, in some ways versus, you know, actually abusing you, um, showing admiration. These are the kinds of things that we would want to see um, versus emotional manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do we got next? So the next one we have is an unwillingness to compromise or negotiate. And again, that doesn't sound very romantic to me. So tell me how that could be mm-hmm. romantic. Well, a lot of the times, a lot of things we're talking about, they can feel romantic. Again, if we have a negative relationship patterns or we haven't been modeled what a healthy relationship is, or we learn what relationships are supposed to be on TV or in books, um, but it can feel romantic thank gosh, she's going to take the lead, right? Mm -hmm. The burden is not on me anymore. I hate making decisions, you know, so this feels like a relief in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why it can feel good in the beginning. But, you know, obviously if this is the case, right, if we're not compromising, only one person gets the rewards all the time, right? Now I get to do everything I want to do. And you know what? I know you want to do that thing, but kind of like my thing better. So you better be doing that with me. Um, And really what it causes is a power dynamic, which a lot of these things can as well. Yeah. Um, So we want to look out for that. So what is uh, some of the healthy antidotes to that? What would we like to see instead? So I think where both people feel respected, that they have agency, that they have an equal amount of power in the relationship, Mm -hmm. that there's a give and take, um, and that there isn't one person who is unwilling to compromise, that one person is always bending for the other person, that it's Mm -hmm. both people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're aligned enough that you don't have that much compromise to make, that you're pretty much, you know, on the same page, but you're not always going to be on the same page mm-hmm. all the time. And so when you're not, that you're both willing to kind of meet in the middle mm-hmm. or, or have empathy for the other person's experience mm-hmm. and just not don't demand that it has to be your way or the highway. Right. Yeah. In a healthy relationship, there's ways of navigating things we have to compromise on. So, you know, tell me more about why, you know, that that's a no-go for mm-hmm. you, right? Tell me more why about, um, you know, why you're uh, unflexible or why this brings you meaning, right? So having these conversations that brings in a lot more context versus I want this. No, we're not doing that. Right. Let's, let's learn each other's stories and maybe find some sort of in between in the middle yeah. that works for both of us that we benefit from uh, a bit. So, and that kind of rigidity can sometimes indicate other mental health issues. It could be indicative in really extreme cases of like a personality disorder. Um, There's an uh, obsessive compulsive personality disorder where people are very rigid and things have Mm -hmm. to be a certain way. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of anxiety in that. Um, And something Mm -hmm. like that would require somebody would need to have treatment. Um, Mm -hmm. There can be other mental health things that play too. Mm -hmm. People are sometimes on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different things that would cause rigidity in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So it might not be only because your partner is trying to be difficult. Um, So it's something definitely worth exploring so you can have a better relationship. Absolutely. What do you think about that, Michelle? Like other reasons why people get really rigid, anxiety, people will be really rigid about things because they feel that things are out of control if yep. they can't be a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very, I feel more in control. If, mm-hmm. if I know what to expect, if it's my thing that we're getting to do all the time versus your thing, right? I feel a sense of safety from that. So yeah, people not wanting to step outside of their norm, right? That feels mm-hmm. dangerous, right? Well, what if, what if something bad happens, right? right? What if we get a flat tire, or forget the reservation or we're late or whatever it might be. Now I'm uncomfortable and my nervous system is turned on, right? Versus 
if we just would have done, you know, the baseball game, like yeah. I wanted to do. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important to, as we go through these red flags to also recognize that some things are red flags and you need to just go, that yeah, there okay. is no point to address them or try to resolve them, that they mm -hmm. could even potentially be dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then there are things that happen in relationships that are red flag behaviors mm -hmm. that, that just maybe the red flag is signaling, Hey, we have some work to do maybe mm -hmm. as an individual or as a couple, mm -hmm. there's something that isn't functioning well here. And that maybe we should do mm -hmm. something to try to work through it. Mm -hmm. So red flags don't always have to be deal breakers, but right. sometimes they are. Yeah. One indicator that it can be improved is if we have the intention, like, you know what? Yes, this is a pattern behavior. I realize it's a red flag, mm -hmm. um, but I'm open to changing that versus mm -hmm. nope, that's the way I am, right? Yeah. More confirmation that it's time to leave for you. Yes. Um, if it's just like, hey, this is who I am, take it or leave it, then yep. you might want to leave it. <laughs> you might. I'm more than happy to leave it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the <laughs> good times, but on I go. So uh, next one is disregard for your feelings or needs. Yes. So this one is really important. This one we can see come up um, sometimes in our work with couples. This is something that can be fine-tuned, but again, if it's my way or the highway, no, it won't work. Mm -hmm. But it can feel romantic in the beginning because um, again, if it feels good to have somebody like, oh, they know what's best for me, right? Because if we have no real like direction or sense of where we want to go, right? It can feel good if somebody's always telling us what, um, what you know, putting their needs first. Um, you know, oh, they'll get me to try new things because, you know, they're, they're gonna, you know, tell me what to do essentially. Yeah. Um, but also when it comes to feelings, right. Knowing how you feel loved, right. And leaning into that. Well, that's one thing that we want to do. Um, you know, we want to be, um, you know, we don't want to dismiss others' ideas. Uh, we need to listen to one another when they talk, right? Leaning into what it is versus shutting down a conversation, even if we do not care about the thing, right? We're engaging in the conversation because it's important to our partner. Mm -hmm. Well, and something that to think about somebody being controlling and assuming that they know what's best for you. I mean, ultimately, that's a pretty unhealthy mindset for someone as an individual. And that mm -hmm. might require you to do some of your own self-reflection because yep. ultimately we we should all know what, what is best for us yep. as individuals. Mm -hmm. um, and something that would be more romantic than somebody disregarding your feelings and, and telling you what to do mm -hmm. would be somebody who's curious about you mm -hmm. um, and, and who validates your experience mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. validation. That's something we talk a lot about in mm -hmm. couples therapy. Mm -hmm. People do not feel happy when they don't feel validated. So right. while this might initially be like, oh, they just know they take charge and they know what's best. Ultimately, you will yep. feel a tremendous amount of resentment about that. Because you become invisible mm -hmm. in that relationship. We want somebody who's also open to learning new things um, that are important to you. So yeah. again, like if you love baseball, I hate baseball, but you know what? Laura loves it. I'm going to go to her game, yeah. you know, because that makes her happy. Um, and something to uh, think about the about all of these, a lot of people get uh, tripped up on why do I always attract these bad partners, mm -hmm. right? Why do they, they always find me? And oftentimes, right, if we're nice and pleasant and loving, pe people are going to be drawn to us regardless yeah. of who they are. The rule, um, though, is how long do you let them stay, right? right? Not beating yourself up for the fact that these people are attracted to you mm -hmm. um, because you obviously have a lot of good qualities. But how long are you welcome to stay in my yeah. space, right? Boundaries. Yes. It's all about the boundaries. <laughs> Everyone's favorite topic. <laughs> Tell you what. Um, <laughs> uh, great. So what's next, Lauren? So next is, and this is a huge problem in relationships, um, 
And if you are stuck with your partner in a lot of gridlock conflict that you feel like you are fighting about the same thing over and over again, mm -hmm. and that you don't feel heard, you might be with somebody who refuses to take responsibility for their mm -hmm. actions. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, this last part of this list is tough because I'm like, I don't know if <laughs> this feels romantic. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the beginning, it maybe it makes they seem very confident, possibly. Yeah. Maybe they feel like they are the expert, mm -hmm. and then and then maybe there's something reassuring about being with somebody who is so steadfast and confident and, and is gonna tell you mm -hmm. that they do the right thing. Right, absolutely. But then it's gonna become toxic. And uh -huh. so tell me about when it becomes toxic. Oh boy. Um oftentimes people look at apologies, and this is something I have to teach couples all the time is okay, you won, I lost, right? Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I did something bad, uh, whatever it might be, versus it's not, you know, me versus you, it's the weakness that we want to have. Um, it's I value you in this relationship. Yeah. So I'm willing to take a level of responsibility here. We just shut down, become stubborn, uh, never acknowledge how it must have been for our partner to have that same sort of uh, interaction. Uh, it's not going to work long term. Um, it's going to make the other person feel right. pretty terrible. You know, if every time we're having conflict, you just stubborn, shut down. It yeah, doesn't yeah. feel good. Um, so, um, you know, both parties need to be willing to be open uh, to owning up their mistakes and realizing again how it affects our partners. Um, but, you know, it's really the inability to acknowledge the consequences of our behavior, um, we can, which can lead to ongoing disputes and resentments in the relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Michelle, mm -hmm. we've talked about why not taking responsibility for your actions is toxic. Mm -hmm. Even Dr. John Gottman talks about this at oh, length. Yeah. He has a good quote about that. And he yeah. has a quote that says, defensiveness is a wicked game, but it's winnable. If betrayal is about the question of trust and contempt is about the question of respect, then defensiveness is about the question of responsibility. That's the antidote. Accepting responsibility for your role in the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you can accept responsibility for your role and not have to be wrong or bad or shamed, right? But just recognize your part in the dynamic, whatever it was. We all have a part generally. Um, so yeah, and again, that can just look like, you know what, I didn't mean it the way it sounded, but I realize it hurt you and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. So what do we have as number 10 on our list? So this is abusive language specifically. So again, it can look like, oh, it's a sign that they're passionate. They're trying to motivate me in some sort of way. Assertiveness is attractive. Uh, some folks can be, um, you know, really leaning into this sort of thing. But, you know, it, it's name calling. It's mocking. It's put downs. It's, you know, contempt, mm -hmm. um, you know. And this, again, is kind of uh, one of the functions of this is, you know, controlling, but also to create this power dynamic if I'm always putting you down right I'm obviously the superior one mm -hmm. um so and oftentimes people who are insecure um they gain their sense of superior superiority right, by you know putting their partner down in some sort of way yeah so yeah unfortunately some people are put up with this a little bit longer than they should um but you know really what we want is words of affirmation mm -hmm. and appreciation yeah right? that's the language we want to use yeah. towards our partner and abusive language should not be mistaken 
for passion. It's, mm-hmm. it's anger. It's, it's harmful. Mm-hmm. And you might, you know, we've had a lot of stories and movies, countless movies where people are really worked up. It's, and they're being very terrible to each other, but it's because they love each other so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they rescue each other and everybody lives happily ever after in the mm-hmm. real world. It doesn't really work like that. Mm-hmm. So if, if abusive language is one of those red flags, it needs immediate attention because it's super toxic and harmful in your relationship. Yeah, that's one that definitely, um, you know, I've seen before um, with some couples. And, you know, again, if there's intentionality in fixing that, oh, I didn't realize actually that that was abusive. I don't want to do that to you anymore. But this one is generally, I think, uh, let's cross that person off the list, right? They have a lot of work to do if that's how they uh, interact with others. Yeah. And you know what? People have bad behavior sometimes that they regret. And so if your partner is willing to acknowledge that, that there's been maybe some abusive language or swearing at each other or something that is really harmful that they're wanting to work on it, mm-hmm. then that then that might be something that you can work with. Anyone who normalizes that kind of behavior and just does it ongoing without any remorse, that's a red flag that you did. Mm-hmm. Might be time to go. Yeah, absolutely. So Michelle, what do we do about all this? Now we know about all of these red flags. What do we do about all of this? How do we make sure that we don't fall prey to this and see these red flags as romantic? Yeah, yeah. So preventative care or, you know, what sometimes we'll call it future coping. So it's learning about healthy relationships and secure relationships and what those look like. Um, It's working through sometimes uh, your trauma and attachment wounds. That's why we can be attracted to partners who are aren't good for us before we enter a relationship, being really intentional about that. And that can look like, you know, there's all kinds of reading and books and podcasts Mm -hmm. and therapy, learning more about what a relationship should look like. Because again, if you had bad examples, you might not actually know. And Disney movies are to the other extreme. So um, but, um, you know, um, identifying what makes you feel safe, um, in a relationship, um, listening to your body, right. Your body is probably telling you something before maybe you even know. Um, so, you know, again, that, are you feeling like I have to protect myself to be around this person in some sort of way? Am I putting up some sort of armor before I have to come and interact with my partner, um, versus, all right, this will be a warm connection. And even if it is, uh, uncomfortable. Uh, situation. So listen to your body, right? Are you feeling not heart right? Are you sweating? Are you feeling like I want to flee and get the heck out of here? Um, if I'm feeling frozen, right? A lot. I mean, that's that's basically I've given up on fighting back or getting away, or I'm just completely frozen you know, playing dead, essentially bring it on. Yeah. Um, so if those kinds of things are, um, happening, um, listen to those. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there's tons of reading you can do. I mean, I've had given people books about, um, attachment theory and attachment wounds and, and why we respond the way we do to certain relationship dynamics. And it's been, life-changing just to have some basic understanding about their own history and why they respond the way they do. So there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that you can do on your own as, and of course, as therapists, we do trauma and attachment wound type work all day long. Yep. So that's some, that's a good thing to bring to therapy. If you think that that's mm-hmm. having an impact on your relationships or that you're attracting toxic relationships because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some people too, they just have never even had an example of what secure behavior yep. looks like. So they might even want to learn about what secure behavior looks like Uh and, and, um, how to identify what is secure, which sometimes when you are used to toxic behavior could even seem boring a little bit, Uh um, stable, predictable. Uh 
but that's actually the foundation of very healthy relationships. So just mm-hmm. having a better understanding of that, what that looks like. So you know what you're looking for. Right. Um, and then also, you know, if you're struggling and you, it's always a good idea to seek guidance. So if you can, from a mental health professional um, or a coach or someone that might be able to help you navigate some of the things that are happening that are are leading you into some kind of toxic and abusive relationships, because for some people, it can become a pattern. It's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've had people um, in front of me sometimes, like I'm, I'm always finding a partner that's addicted to something, or I'm always finding a partner that does any of these behaviors and they recognize the pattern. They have no idea how to get out of it. Right. So that's a great time to start right. learning about yourself, gaining insight it's never too late for therapy, even if it's brief, um, yeah. just to gain more information about who you are, why you show up in the world the way you do, why you uh, attach to other people in unhealthy or less secure ways. Yeah. So what should we expect from a secure partner? Somebody who is predictable, mm-hmm. who does what they say they're going to do, unless, you know, there's something major that has happened that doesn't allow for that, mm-hmm. but old, overall that they are predictable, um, that they are appreciative of you, that they're not trying to change you. They're not trying to overstep your boundaries, mm-hmm. or they're also not looking for you to change mm-hmm. them or manage their emotional state. Mm-hmm. Um, so each person is pretty autonomous. Mm-hmm. in their relationship and in who they are. Yeah. Um, and of course we become, we're, we're interdependent with people that we're in relationships with and we rely on people that are close to us, but, Absolutely. but there's a difference between that yeah. and not being able to somebody that you have to be there for somebody or they're going to, they can't manage their own life. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to note too, like, um, you know, attachment styles that aren't secure, these mm-hmm. things, um, oftentimes we'll see couples come in where both of them have some sort of insecure attachment style um, based on maybe what they have gone through. Uh, again, examples of relationships, examples of how they were treated as a kid, right? Did their parents turn into their needs versus turn away? So all these things we can bring into the relationship. This is a lot of work we can uh, do in couples therapy, understanding attachment style, how do we make that work? So, you know, insecure uh, attachment style um, is not a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit different than just having an insecure personality, Mm -hmm. right? We can feel just insecure in our relationships. These are things that can be here. And in fact, most people do. And so those are things that we all have different histories that we need to learn to better understand ourselves and how to manage our anxieties. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this is about just being aware of what your patterns are Mm -hmm. and being willing to work on them. Right. So Um, Michelle, what if, what if you suspect somebody's putting up some serious red flags in the relationship? What mm -hmm. do you recommend? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the most important step, um, if you're seeing a lot of these abusive things is keeping yourself safe, right? Again, understanding what a feeling of safety is for you in a relationship in general, if you need to leave for some sort of reason, right? Making sure you do that in the safest way possible, um, which can be really difficult for a lot of people if we stay long-term, uh, in relationships like this. Um, so, uh, nipping this stuff very early on, it's much easier to leave. Even if you're getting those happy chemicals, pay attention to the things that are making you feel yucky too. Mm -hmm. So yes. Great advice, Michelle. And I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. And maybe if you identified some, some red flags in your relationship and you want some help working on some of those things, you can always come see us at anchorlighttherapy.com and schedule your complimentary 20 minute consultation. And we are happy to help. So That is all the time that we have for today. Be sure to tune in next week. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.